Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. Uh, thank you for joining us and we're sorry that we didn't release a podcast last week. There were some technical difficulties that just made it completely impossible and so we didn't. But we're back and we're happy to be back and we have some, some really good uh, stories to share with you. Uh, good stories in that they're interesting, not necessarily uh, stories that are good. So we'll get started with this egregious piece of news. And here's one point that I want to make about this before we even get started. Obviously, at the Australian Taxpayers Alliance, we want lower taxes. We think that uh, unnecessary government spending is completely, completely unjustified. We want to see a big, big reduction in that. So that's us, and everyone knows that. But on this story, even people that are sympathetic to high levels of government spending were outraged. Even, even people that, that think that government spending should go up said, what the hell is this? So I'll tell you what it is. The New South Wales government decided to spend $1.2 million decking out their government buildings with indoor plants. So as the economy is in recovery, as we're all dealing with the fallout of the COVID crisis, the government has decided to allocate $1.2 million of the money that they took from you by force to put into this. Uh, obviously ridiculous. And I'm sorry about the background noise. Some people don't uh, completely uh, adjust their, their plans of moving around a building based on our recording schedule, which is very selfish of them. But you know, what, what can you do? It's fine. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, the, the government spent an egregious amount of money on, on just some aesthetic applications for their buildings. And one thing that I think comes to mind here is, obviously this is bad optics during a recovery, during, a, during a, an economic crisis. But wouldn't this be bad spending policy anytime? Is there ever a good time for the government to spend $1.2 million on plants? I don't think so. I, I really think that that's one of those things that you can just really never justify, even with a booming economy. I don't think that the government should be spending that kind of money. And uh, I, rem I, I was looking through the internet and I'm not sure if someone was making reference to, so I know that someone was defending the government's spending of this $1.2 million. I'm not sure if this was citing the government's justification for the spending or if this was just this person's own interpretation of why the spending was good. But what they said is, the reason that it's good to spend $1.2 million on indoor plants is because when you have plants in an office space, people who work there are less stressed. When people are less stressed, they're more motivated and they're more productive. And so with higher productivity, you actually make up the difference, uh, kind of, uh, the, 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 the investment ends up paying for itself, let's say. I find, I find that incredibly doubtful. Uh, I, we've been trying to get bureaucrats to be good at their jobs and actually, actually work with some efficiency for many decades now and nothing has worked. I don't think plants will be that. So again, I, don't, I, I really hope that the government didn't use that, um, that defense. I really hope that that was just someone on the internet uh, but honestly, I, even if it did, I, I don't want to invest $1.2 million in bureaucrats' happiness. Another reason to not give the government too much of your money. 
because they spend it like this. Oh, and speaking of the government taking, uh, taking a lot of your money, money that you don't want to give to them, uh, Australia is about to make alcohol more expensive. So the Brewers Association of Australia, Spirits and Cocktails Australia, and Australian Grape and Wine have all come together to ask the government to not go forward with August's hike. So in August, there's going to be a hike, once again, in alcohol taxes. There was one very recently. And one thing that the thing they're arguing, and of course it makes sense, is, you know, alcohol, spirits, wine, um, beer, this is an industry that was hit like all other industries. Sure, they maintained a lot of their customer base, but like all other industries during the COVID shutdown, they also suffered. They had their issues. So they also are in recovery. The last thing that you want to do is to put taxes, to put new burden of taxes on an industry that's trying to improve, to come back to where it was before. And here's the thing. Let's say that you say, there, there's an argument that, that, that uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. It says, well, the, the alcohol industry didn't lose any, any uh, business at all. On the contrary, people were indoors all the time. A lot of people were unemployed and bored. And so people were drinking more. I'm sure beer prices, I'm sure people were buying way more beer than they would if they were working at, the, you know, at an office. They're probably working from home, having a beer uh, way more regularly or having more wine or whatever. And I see that. I understand that argument. But let's say that that was true. Let's just say for the sake of argument that it's true that the, that the alcohol industry didn't take a hit, which is not the case. What about hospitality? Hospitality is probably the most hard hit sector in the economy, considering that they were the first ones to get shut down. And there's no way to do, really, at, at scale, hospitality from home. You can't really have your employees, your hospitality employees, working from home. So they were the hardest hit. The, 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 the increase in takeout orders did not even come close to making up for the, for the revenue that they lost by not being able to have dining customers or, or customers come in to drink. So if hospitality is also recovering from being nearly devastated, and many people have been devastated, do we want to make it more expensive? Do we want to disincentivize people from going and buying a beer in a pub, going and having some drinks, at a wine, at a wine bar, something like that? Of course not. This is the worst time to do something like this. We, uh, people, A, don't have as much money as they did before. A lot of people lost their job. And B, even people that kept their, their, their uh, salaries intact are being a little bit more cautious with their money. So you make alcohol more expensive, less people are going to consume. We don't want that right now. We want people going out right now. We want people patronizing these businesses that, that, that have been devastated, that have been in shutdown for months. So obviously uh, what, what these groups are asking for is perfectly reasonable and actually only, the only logical suggestion. Uh, we can only hope that the government doesn't go through with this. If history has taught us everything, it's that the government doesn't really know how to help <laughs> during, uh, doesn't really know how to help when, uh, when the best thing they could do is get out of the way. They, they, they always have to help by, being the one, by getting involved, which is a bad habit of government, but uh, we can only hope. Uh, oh, this is interesting. So we co-authored, co-published a paper. We 
co-published a paper with the Adam Smith Institute in London, and the, I always mess up the, the, the pronunciation of this group, so bear with me, that Niskanen Center in Washington, I think it's Niskanen, Niskanen, a group, <laughs> and uh, we co-authored a paper, and it's called Bloody Well Pay Them. And here's, basi here's the basic uh, premise of, of the paper that we're writing. It's, it's basically people should be able to sell their blood. Uh, their, their blood, they should be able to sell their plasma as well. So in Australia and in other countries, there are restrictions on your ability to sell your blood, your plasma, and your uh, sperm. And uh, I'm sorry about that. M more background noise, I'm telling you. Pe people choose to continue to live their lives as we record, which is very thoughtless of them. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, so uh, back, back to what I was talking about. Uh, there are these restrictions in place where it says you can't sell your plasma, your sperm, your blood. But that isn't a good policy. So, so the, the, um, the logic behind the restriction is to say, well, when you allow people to sell these things, then these people are gonna move into poor communities, they're going to target low-income uh, individuals, and they're going to get them to sell their plasma because they're desperate for money, and that's not good. We, should, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't let businesses exploit poor people for their plasma or for their blood because that's their body and we shouldn't be able to do it. Okay, they are able to donate it for free but businesses can't pay it. Two problems with that. The first, there are regular shortages in Australia of blood and plasma. Regular. It's, it's a big problem. That's why we're always trying to get people as often as possible to donate blood because there isn't that much of it. There, also, plasma. Like, remarkable shortages. They ha there have been shortages for ages. So that's one problem that comes with not being able to add a monetary incentive to, to giving plasma. But another is the logic of it being exploitative to pay someone for their plasma or for their blood or for their sperm. So the argument goes, well, we're, they're going to target low-income low individuals, low-income uh, societies or parts of the city to, to get them to donate. All right. Don't those people need money? Do they have another alternative by barring them selling plasma or blood or sperm? Are we pushing them into another viable, quick source of income? Or are we just saying, no, we're not gonna let you be exploited, so you can't have this money. You have perfectly good plasma, you're healthy, you can give plasma, you can give blood, but we're, not, we're going to decide for you that if someone gives you money for it, then they're exploiting you. That makes no sense to me. It, it really makes no sense. To me, if a person has a good, steady income, they probably just won't sell their plasma or their blood because they don't really need it, right? The only reason someone would do it is because they need that money. And so the, the, the idea that, uh, that allowing a free exchange between consenting adults is taking advantage of them, I don't think so. I don't see, unless there are policies that these b private businesses are undergoing that are obviously, overtly uh, exploitative, sure. Okay, okay, we can talk about that. We can, we can prohibit that, but it shouldn't be the case. It would solve uh, the issue on the supply side and it would also allow people that need money to get some money for something that they already have. So uh, we're happy, we're very proud 
to co-author this paper, uh, co-publish this paper, and uh, we hope that you'll have a read of it. It'll be on our social media very soon. Uh, finally, this is an interesting story. Uh, Scott Morrison has, has outlined its, uh, his job maker program. Puh. Not talking very well today. The government has outlined their job maker plan. All right. And um, I, I have to say, I'm not very good. I'm not a policy uh, guy. Let's say I'm interested in politics, but the policy, the real policy wonk in the office is Emily Dye. She's the one that can really get into the nitty gritty, understand all the policies and really get something uh, palatable and, and understandable. So SCOMO released his job maker plan and Emily Dye, the policy director, gave me the information that I'm gonna go through right now. So I don't wanna take credit for it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just explaining what she explained to me. So thank you, Emily, that was very helpful. Uh, so the first thing is, the job makers plan, we're not exactly sure what it is. It, this, this was just a general outline, so we can't be too specific about what it includes. But it turns out the bones are actually quite good. So most of the money is gonna to go towards roads, trains, uh, and irrigation projects. And those are some of the areas where we're actually not opposed to the government's involvement and to the government spending money on that. Those are, those are public services that the, that the people need, and that's actually a, a proper place for, for government. And if it's done correctly, then that can actually add a lot of benefit to the economy and to the people, and that can be a good thing. If it's not, you know, the, the Sydney Light Rail, which was incredibly expensive and did nothing for anyone, <laughs> then, then it can be good. It's not inherently good. So on that front, not bad. If it's not a bunch of Sydney Light Rails, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be okay with that. Uh, this is a really good point of the plan, which is they want to increase the speed of government approval. So the government approval process needs to be sped up, and that's part of the plan. And this is well overdue. It's a damn shame that we had to get a, uh, a coronavirus crisis and a shutdown for them to, to have the motivation to do this. It should have been done a long time ago. But, you know, I, I'm not going to complain. This is a good thing, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it gets implemented properly. Uh, industrial relations reform is also on the table. Uh, this is something that we desperately need. Hopefully it'll be done well because we don't want, sometimes uh, under the, the, the cloak of industrial relations reform, we actually end up burdening uh, employers more, which obviously burdens employees because, they don't want to, because then employers don't want to hire them. And this is really not the time to burden employers. This is not the time to get people to uh, question whether or not they want to hire someone because of some, uh, some regulation or some tax. So hopefully, if done well, we're definitely for it. Uh, tax reform, obviously, fantastic. Hopefully it's done well. Um, international trade, good. Diversified trading partners, we're not dependent on just one. Good, good. So far, so good, right? Uh, there's going to be some environmental regulations. We can't say what they're going to be, so we really can't talk on them. We'll, we'll get to this uh, when... when when it comes out, uh, hopefully it'll be good. You know, we, we, we love, we love clean, clean air. <laughs> so uh, if done well, if it's not, you know, uh, substituting clean air for unemployment, uh, shouldn't be a problem. And uh, the last one, which is the, the point that we're kind of eh, iffy on, is skills training. So the reason that we're not super hot on skills training is because in the past, we haven't seen it be very successful. When the government has tried large-scale retraining of populations from going from one industry to another seamlessly. It just hasn't worked out. Uh, it, it, they tried it, they've tried it all over the world. They tried it in several places in the United States, where I'm from, uh, and it 
did not go well. The people did not transition into the new industries the way that the government thought that they would. And so I can hope that it goes well, and I do. I mean, if, if something gets implemented that, you know, I always hope it goes well, but ha looking back at history, it's quite possible that it won't. But uh, altogether, I have to say, this job maker plan, not bad. So again, we have to wait for the actual uh, specifics and then we have to see how they implement it. But all to, you know, not, it's, not, it's not every day that we're uh, complimentary to the government, but today we have to say, good job, Skomo. Not bad at all. And I think we're gonna leave it there. Thank you very, very much for joining us today for Tax and Wasted. If you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe to watch the podcast, the video version of the podcast on Facebook and YouTube. This has been Tax and Wasted. We'll see you next week.